0: Good morning. Good morning. I want to welcome everyone here today. I'm Pastor Jeff, and this is St. John's United Methodist Church, and some people are joining us online, and we're glad to have you with us as well. So let's be in an attitude of worship as we start.. <laughs>
1: Please join us for call to worship. As we look at God's plan from beginning to end, we have a great hope one day we will see Jesus face to face. We are all on a
0: journey from here to eternity. What a day of rejoicing that will be to see Jesus.
1: God has created a time and a season for everything. Everything is appropriate in its own time.
0: On this day, we acknowledge that earth is but our temporary home. One day, heaven will be our home.
1: There is a time to be born and a time to die. There is a time to plant and a time to harvest. There
0: is a time to weep and a time to laugh. There is a time to grieve and a time to dance.
1: Sometimes we feel backed into the corner by difficult circumstances and it would be a good time for God to show up with a miracle.
0: Sometimes we feel challenged by how hard life is. At other times, we are full of faith and hope and love.
1: God comes to transform the dark times of our lives. God makes all things beautiful in his time.
0: God has made everything to fit in its time and season. It's not always in our time, but in God's time.
1: Let us pray. Gracious God, pour out your grace and love upon us. Fill our hearts with your Holy Spirit. Lord, we are weak, and we are vulnerable, and we are fragile. But Lord, you are almighty and omnipresent. Once again, Lord, we confess that we need your healing touch on our broken bodies, our hearts, and broken relationships and broken families. Lord, we need your guidance in our lives. Gracious God, we are overwhelmed by your touch, which fathoms all our hearts and all our burdens and pains. Creator God, help us see your image in all the people we meet and help us to love them and forgive them. Gracious God, the world is crying due to the coronavirus. So many families lost their loved ones, and so many people are suffering and grieving. Lord, give us the heart to feel and see others' pain and suffering and help and support them in Jesus' name. Lord, bless all the ministries of St. John's and the Center bless all the volunteers and all the people who support our ministries to share your love in this community. Lord, we pray that you would bless Pastor Jeff as he shares your message to us. Fill his heart with the Holy Spirit. Please help us be humble before your word. Lord, fill our hearts with your words. Gracious God, we come to you with the prayer Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father,
2: Today's scripture is from 2 Timothy, chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
0: Today we're going to look at a, a, a time of, of what it means to graduate. That, that you're not, You didn't just graduate from high school or college or a degree program, and that's the only graduation or the last graduation, but the Apostle Paul is talking about that transition that comes at the end of our earthly journey. And he's encouraging his readers to be ready for their departure from this world. And in that word, he acknowledges that, I think my time is coming close. And Paul was ready. He knew where he would spend eternity. And the truth for us is this, that uh, everybody lives forever somewhere. Everybody lives forever somewhere. And how will you respond to that truth? There was a, a couple that um, w- was having a little banter back and forth, and, and the wife was saying, honey, why, why are you always talking about heaven? And he's just kind of like, I, I don't think, I don't recall saying anything about heaven. And she goes, yes, you have. And it was one of those moments that um, he just, you know, was kind of caught and stymied. And, and she goes, you go down to the basement, and you come back up and said." I couldn't remember what I was hereafter. You go upstairs and you come back and I don't remember what I was hereafter. You're always talking about the hereafter. (laughs) So today, a little bit of our focus is going to be on the hereafter. And I think when we are in Christ, when, when we have faith, facing that step comes to us a little differently. There's still... Uh, is it going to hurt? You know, there's still that mystery. There's still, you know, maybe we can't quite let go of this life, and yet we, we don't face it without hope. We don't face it without a little bit uh, of a glimpse, and that's what the Bible gives us: is is a glimpse of what is to come, hope enough to believe that it's there and it's real, and, and then the strength to face how will it come to me. And I think we face death differently with God. Psalm 31 was a word that David wrote in in a difficult time in his own life. And I would begin with those words In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. He, He was in a hard place, he was kind of caught. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. And since you are my rock and my fortress, for the sake of your name, lead and guide me out of this trap that has been set for me. For you are my refuge. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Now, now we have somebody else who said that last verse. As Jesus was dying, Jesus didn't just surrender and say the end is here into your hands i commit my spirit o god he was recalling these these words of david psalm 31 jesus all all throughout his ministry and even the last seven words that we have highlighted in this, the gospels of his last breaths before he died were were snippets of, of reaching back into the psalms reaching back into the old testament jesus died differently in God, than somebody just in that agony of there's nothing left for me. David wrote, "Into your hands I commit my spirit. Redeem me, O Lord, the God of truth. Redeem me from this this trap." Sometimes facing death is a terrifying prospect. In her book, "The God Who Hung on the Cross," American journalist Ellen Vaughn retells a, a gripping story of how the gospel came to a small rural village in Cambodia. In September of 1999, uh, a pastor was uh, traveled to this province in northern Cambodia, and as he went throughout the isolated areas visiting village after village, many in that region had cast their lot with Buddhism or Spiritism Christianity was pretty much unheard of. But to this pastor's surprise, when he arrived in one village, this rural village, the people warmly embraced what he had to offer. They welcomed him to their village. And, and when, he, when he asked someone about their openness to the gospel, an old woman shuffled forward, kind of bowed and, and grasped his hand, and she said this, we have been waiting for you for over 20 years. And then she told the story of how this uh, mysterious God who hung on the cross had saved her life. You see, 20 years before that, uh, when uh, a brutal communist-led regime took over Cambodia, just soldiers went uh, from village to village, destroying everything in their path. And when those soldiers arrived at this northern rural village in 1979. They rounded up all the villagers. At gunpoint, they marched them to the edge of the village and ordered them all to begin digging their own graves. What a, a horrid final memory, and the whole town was going to perish in that way. And as they prepared themselves to die, some screamed out to Buddha, some called out to their, the spirits of the ancestors. And there was one woman who began to cry out for help based on a, a faint childhood memory, a story that her mother had told about a God who hung on a cross. And the woman began to pray to this unknown God, thinking, if, if there is a God who has suffered like that and died like that, maybe He could come to help me. Surely, if this God has known suffering, He would have compassion on all of us And suddenly her solitary cry became a a unified wail as everyone, the entire village, started praying to that God that she had lifted up, the God who had hung on a cross. And as they continued, they were facing their own graves, the soldiers at their back. And eventually the, the loud wailing slowly faded to a quiet weeping. There was an eerie silence in this muggy jungle air and somebody finally dared to turn around and look behind at what were the soldiers doing what was going to happen and to their amazement they were gone and as the old woman finished telling the pastor this story she said ever since that fateful day we've been waiting for someone to come and tell us the rest of the story about the God who had hung on a cross. You know, everybody lives forever somewhere, and their somewhere was definitely affected by finally getting to hear about Jesus, the God who hung on a cross. As Christians, we understand that death is not the end of us. Paul uses the word departure to describe his leaving earth at the point of death. The Bible talks about death as a doorway into the next life, that there is something on the other side of that door. I, I had a member at one point that, that had a very tragic accident, totaled her van and ended up in the hospital. And, and, and as I was talking with her, she said, you know, I wasn't afraid. If it was my time to die, I, I was ready to die. That's the only way that we have to get off the planet, right? Right, Pastor? And I wasn't quite sure where this conversation was going to go, but, um, and then she suddenly she goes, but uh, I'm really glad to be here. <laughs> I, I know we all have our time, but uh, I guess it wasn't my time. And I mean, she was just really, you know, in bad shape, but was still joking. That it's the only way we have to get off the planet. It's going to come to all of us somehow. But not everybody accepts the Bible's description of what's next. Anybody remember J.R. Ewing? the 1990s series, you know, Dallas. Larry Hagman, uh, the actor who played JR, was one of the most popular TV villains, scoundrels of all time. He died at the age of 81. This was that, uh, Dallas was that kind of soapy, you know, show about a, a very wealthy family that owned a ranch in Texas. It became a hit in 57 countries. You know, you wonder how everybody around the world knows what life is really like in the United States. It's the TV shows that we export, right? In 2012, he died of cancer, and shortly before he passed, uh, you know, he's just wrestling with this diagnosis of cancer, and he said, you know, Jr. Uh, as Jr., I could get away with just about anything, bribery blackmail adultery i believe he, somebody even pushed him out of a plane but i got caught by cancer and he had some interesting views just in that interview that last interview saying you know the afterlife everybody wonders about the afterlife you know i don't i don't know that death is really the end i think just, death is just another stage of our development I honestly believe that, that we really don't disappear. We don't go into some big void. But I think there's, there's this energy wave, this, this molecular curtain, and, and I think we become one with the molecules. And that was his picture of what's next. Admittedly, there, there is some mystery. There's a lot of mystery because I don't know that any of you have gone there and come back. I have not gone there and come back. But again, the Bible does give us a glimpse. We're not without a little bit of a framework because God has revealed to us in the Scriptures, this is what you have as a promise for me. This is what I've prepared for you. A house, not made with hands, but Jesus said, I, I go to prepare rooms for you. Not just this molecular wave or curtain of energy I think God's been a little more particular than that. There's a mansion. And in worldly terms, that's kind of where we exist, where we call home is a house. And that's where Paul's headed. That's where Paul is, is aiming. As Paul said, the the time of my departure has come. I'm already being poured out like a drink offering. And if you think of a worship movement where, where you know you pour the water into the baptismal font, or you pour the communion juice from a pitcher to a chalice. Paul is thinking of, I, I'm, being, I'm the pitcher, I'm being poured out. And he feels the last swig of wine in the cup for his own existence. These are Paul's last words, his last letter uh, to his uh, young apprentice, Timothy, Paul is facing death, uh, not like in a hospital bed surrounded by family, uh, a disease that's slowly sapped the the strength out of his body. He's very much alive. He's sitting in a prison cell on death row. He's been convicted as a follower of Jesus Christ. He's been to Rome. He's testified before the emperor. He's encouraged the church in Rome and all the leaders in Rome, and, and he's given everything that he can to set them up, to give them a foundation to go on, but he knows his time is finished. His place as instructor, teacher, leader is is complete. He's been convicted of being a follower of Jesus Christ. It's illegal still at that time. And in that cold Roman prison cell cut off from fens, allowed an occasional visitor from time to time… He writes his last letter, and maybe it's in the fall or winter season, and he knows that next spring, and from history we know next spring uh, he surrendered his life. So this is his last word, his last sermon, if you will. And when he uses the word departure, when when it was translated from Greek to English, from Greek to any language, you, you maybe have multiple words that it could be, but the translators have to pick one. And so departure has a, a few nuances uh, of other things that, that are not against the meaning that we have, but maybe add to it. And so I want to share that with you. When Paul said the time for my departure has come, a part of the the, the foundation meaning of the word departure includes like a ship going on an adventure. When you think of death, do you think I'm getting ready for an adventure? not normally, not the normal person, but it's a part of the package. Other places, Paul wrote, to live is Christ, to die is gain. I'm going on an adventure. I think that reflects a little bit of that meaning. There's a a second underlying meaning that goes with the word departure that refers to an unchaining of the prisoner, of setting the prisoner free unchaining, unbinding. And as we age, we feel maybe limited. Maybe you're not bound or chained, but you're limited. I don't win the 100-yard dash anymore. I don't run the 100-yard dash anymore. I don't climb trees like I did when I was younger. Um, I don't do a lot of things. What don't you do? You know, not everything works, the knees, elbows, our backs. Uh, and, and we're limited, maybe we feel chained, and, and at the time of our moving from earth to heaven, it's like a prisoner set free. You, you step out of the prison door and you go, sunshine, fresh air, real food. Uh, I, I don't know what heaven will be like, but, but I think that's a little bit of what's on the menu Another piece of this, uh, the time of my departure has come, the, the Greek word includes that sense of, of oxen being unyoked, set out into the, the pasture to, to feed at the end of the day. I, it didn't say anything about a, a young horse or a, you know, a team of horses uh, being let go into the field, but uh, on a, a weekend like this, it's a little crisp out uh, they worked hard. They've sweat all day. They're going to start to frolic and to buck. Um, can you look around and see what are we going to do when we're kind of set free in that way of, of, the, of the yoke of our responsibility when we come into heaven? Are, are we going to all start? I want to line up on the starting line. Are we all going to race a mile, a couple miles? Maybe we could all do the five-mile or a marathon. Maybe you never have. Maybe we can in heaven, because we're, we're set free, we're, we're ready to, to run and have new energy. The last uh, meaning that's included in the Greek word for the time of my departure has come is the idea of uh, pulling up the stakes of your tent to relocate to the next place, to a new place, to a good place. You know, if you ever pitched a tent. At a campground, you you want a perfect place. You know, you want a place where you don't in the middle of the night go, Why are we sleeping on these rocks? You know, who put a rock there in the middle of the air mattress or whatever? Um, you know, you you locate your tent in a, a beautiful place, a soft place. It points us towards the next place. There is a next place. There is more to your journey. There will be some struggle. The end may be difficult. But there is a, a new place where you're going to pitch your tent. And, and the, the Scriptures talk about an upgrade. We, we get a real house, not just a tent. For those of you concerned, that you know, I've got a really nice camper. I want more than a tent. It, it's going to be good. And so I just want to end by saying that everyone lives forever somewhere. Why not make your somewhere with Christ. These were Paul's final words of encouragement for his young apprentice, Timothy. And Paul said, I, I am ready. I am ready. We end with the words that we began. He, he concluded by saying, I fought the good fight. I have finished a race. Are you running your race? I've kept the faith. And now there is in store for me and for all who look forward to to seeing Jesus, a crown of righteousness, which shall be given to all who finish their race in Christ. Shall we pray? Lord God, uh, encourage us together as followers of Christ to keep in perspective the end of the race, the end that is coming, this weekend in which we recall, we remember family members and service members, you point us also towards the future and say, remember my promises to you. There may be somebody here or somebody listening that um, is not necessarily sure where, where your forever is going to be. And I would just offer a moment for you to, to maybe step a little closer to Christ. To decide, Lord, I'm going to trust you with that part of my future. And you can settle that. It's a decision that we make to trust in God, to follow God, to to allow God to be the leader of our day, of our time. And we can learn uh, to rest in that, and we can have peace when it comes to thinking about uh, the future, the end of our future on this earth. And whether we have doubts or questions or anxiety, uh, we can grow in that trust, as we maybe put down layer after layer of trust, and every day we say, God, I'm going to choose to trust, we can learn to rest in the promises of God and face uh, whatever comes each day, knowing that uh, God holds the future in very capable hands. And in His name we pray, amen. I want to send you out in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, And commend you into God's very capable hands.